Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. One pitch, swing and a drive, deep to right field, way up there, way out of here, goodbye baseball. Eight strikeout for the King tonight and make it 23 consecutive scoreless innings for Phoenix. Strike three called on the outside corner and there it is. It's time for the Seattle Mariners baseball podcast. Kyle Seager, that just happened. Thank you very much. Now, here's your host, Gary Hill. Welcome back to the Seattle Mariners baseball podcast. Thanks for being here once again as the Mariners uh, fall to the Angels last night. So the series split with the Angels. Mariners end up taking two of three from the A's and they drop two. They win two against the Angels. So winning road trip and now they come home to take on the Brewers for three games. As you you look around at the standings, the Mariners right now three games back. Of both wild card spots, Boston and Baltimore are tied right now. Same exact record. So the Mariners three back of both spots. So a big weekend. And then the Yankees come in after these three games. But a chance for the Mariners to try and gain some ground on both those teams this weekend. And you look around and a lot of the teams surrounding the Mariners will be playing each other this weekend. So a big opportunity as the Mariners will play the Brewers. We'll get to that in a second. First, let's get to the game last night as the Mariners fall to the Angels. And the Mariners get on the board right away. Wasting no time. Robinson Cano going yard. The pitch on the way to Cano. Swing and a drive. Deep into the alley. In right center field. Calhoun looking up. And this one is gone. Goodbye baseball. In and out of the bleachers in right center field. Robbie Cano with his 27th home run of the season. And again he jumps on a first pitch. And rides it out of the ballpark. And the Mariners have a 1-0 lead. So one nothing lead for the M's. Robinson Cano going yard, and he gives the Mariners a one nothing advantage. But that didn't last long. The Angels getting to Iwakuma in the first inning. Escobar a base hit in the first. Mike Trout would end up taking a walk in the inning, and then an error in the first. The opposite of yesterday. The defense so spectacular in Game Three of this series against the Angels. Defense cost the Mariners in the first inning tonight. 2-1 pitch, here she comes, swinging a ground ball down the third baseline, and it skips on by Seager, and down the left field side, Escobar running third, he will score, off of the ball is Oki, the throw into second base, as Trout goes to third, the throw to second will keep Pujols at first base. So there it was, the Angels get on the board right there, and they weren't done, Simmons would pick up a base hit in the first inning. Pitch to Simmons, swung on, ground ball, base hit into the right field. 
Trout will score from third. Pujols down at second. Simmons an RBI single, and the Angels take over a two-to-one lead. So two runs in the first for the Angels after the Mariners had a run, and then Iwakuma would really settle into a nice groove. He would retire 11 in a row, 1-2-3 in the second, 1-2-3 in the third, 1-2-3 in the fourth, grooving. The Angels still had the lead at that point, but then abruptly ended with a home run. The wind and the pitch, swinging a well-hit ball deep down the left field line. This one is fair. Goodbye, baseball. Jed Bandy with his eighth home run of the season. And it gives the Angels a 3-1 to lead here in the bottom half of the fifth. That breaks the string of 11 in a row retired by Iwakuma. 3-1 at that point, the Angels with the lead, but the Mariners would get closer. They'd play some long ball of their own. 2-2 to Nelly, pitch, swung on, unscalded deep to left field, and that's not coming back. Boom, stick, baby, home run. Nelson Cruz, number 31. And Angel lead is now 3-2. to Man, did he get that one. Second career home run off of Matt Shoemaker. That one was crushed. 421 feet away, a big blast for Nelson Cruz in this game. A 3-2 ball game at that point. Iwakuma still on in the seventh. Defense showing up there. Pitch. Swung on line drive center field. Pennington goes to second. Here's a throw by Martin and nothing doing. But they got G-Man Choi hung up between first and second. Adam Lynn running him back. Cano's going to run him down. Run down Choi for the third out. And there's a break, and Robbie knew he had to get choice not very fast to get him first before Pennington had a chance to score. Well done. So they keep the Angels off the board. It's still a one-run game. Both starters out. Both starters go seven in this one, and both pitch very well. So battle of the bullpens. Vincent on for the Mariners, and he would get touched up. A double by Escobar to start the inning, but then he strikes out Calhoun, a chance to maybe get out of it. They intentionally walk Mike Trout, sets up the double play with Pujols. They would not get the double play, though, as he crushes a double to extend the Angels' lead. The pitch swinging a line drive into the gap. Way out there, left center field, all the way to the wall. Escobar running third, he'll score. Trout running third, being waved in. He will score. Martin, the throw in, cut off by O'Malley. Albert Pujols with a one-out, two-run double. And the Angels now lead it 5-2. to 5-2 to lead, and what stings a little bit more is they'd add another run, so a three-run tally in the eighth inning. The Mariners would try and come back in the ninth, a base hit by Lind with one out, and then Mike Zanino claims two for the Mariners. 3-1 pitch, swing and a fly ball deep into right field. Calhoun going back, looking up, goodbye baseball. Mike Zanino with an opposite field Home run here in the top of the ninth inning, and yes, indeed, his seventh home run, and the Mariners are making it interesting. They sure were, and then O'Malley trying to reach. He was trying to find a way to get on board to bring up the tying run to the dish, and it looked like for a moment he was going to do it. The 3-2 pitch, swing and a ground ball up the middle. Simmons to his left behind the bag. The throw to first, and it's in time. It's in time to get O'Malley with a close play. Holy smokes, the ball game is over. The Angels win it by a score of 6-4. to four. So a little revenge for Simmons, who was robbed several times last night. He ends up with a nice play to end the ball game, also a base hit in this one. Iwakuma was excellent. He gave the Mariners everything 
They could have won in seven innings, six hits, three runs, but just two earned, one walk, two strikeouts, a home run on 92 pitches. They desperately needed those seventh inning with several relievers down, Diaz, Wilhelmsen, uh, Caminero questionable, uh, Storm questionable. I mean, it was pretty light in the bullpen. Vincent comes on, and he gives up three in two-thirds of an inning. Nuno finished it out the final third of an inning, gave up a base hit. That's where things got away from the M's. Shoemaker was very good. Seven innings, five hits, two runs, two walks, and five strikeouts. And the bullpen for the Angels, they end up closing it down. The Mariners, four runs, eight hits. Angels, six runs on ten hits. Base hits, no one with more than one for the M's. Just about every starter ended up with a base hit except for O'Malley. Aoki one for four. Smith, one for three. Cano, one for four, the home run. Cruz, one for four, the home run. Seeger one for four. Lind, a base hit, one for four. Zanino, one for three, a home run, also drew a walk. Martin, one for three. He drew a walk as well. And O'Malley, 0 for four. But the Mariners just could not string much together against Shoemaker, who was, who was excellent. I mean, he's been, since the beginning of the season, very good, especially at home. And that was the big concern coming in. He has been dominant at home. You look at his last seven starts coming in, 52 and two-thirds innings, six earned runs coming in, a 1.03 ERA. In fact, the Mariners get him for two earned runs. That ties for the most any team has scored on him now in his past eight starts at home. I mean, it's been impressive. Seven innings, two earned runs, nine innings, zero, six innings, zero, eight innings, zero, seven innings, two, Eight and a third, two runs, seven and a third, zero runs. And now you can add another one, seven innings and two runs. He's been remarkable at home. The Mariners couldn't solve him. And then the Angels got some crucial runs in the eighth inning, three of them to extend the lead. And the Angels get the win. The series split. Now the Mariners return home. And here's the skipper, Scott Service, what he had to say after the ball game. Just going to get the big hit in our to scoring position tonight. I think we have seven or eight chances. And, um, you know, uh, should make her through the ball well. Uh, more fastball than maybe what we used to seeing out of him. And, you know, he's always got a good split. But, uh, and Kuma matched him. You know, Kuma was right there. Uh, you know, the couple runs early, and he kind of got in that nice nice groove there. Gave up the home run to Bandy. But uh, he threw the ball well. He certainly gave us a, uh, every opportunity. He kept us in the game. And I uh, was really, really happy with his outing. But, uh and they were able to get some add-on runs there late that you know hurt. And, uh, I thought we'd get a you know, whack at them there in the, in the ninth inning too. But you know, uh, pretty good road trip. It'd have been nice to pick that one up tonight. Though. Hey Vincent, just struggling again. I mean, yeah, you know, there's uh, you know not real crisp, not a whole life to the ball right now. Uh, I know he and Mel um, you know, works on some mechanical things. He was probably our most rested guy tonight. Um, so you know where we were at there. You know, obviously needed a, a shutdown inning to get back in. And hopefully. Uh, take a shot at him there in the ninth. It didn't happen, you know, uh, but we gotta we got to get Nick back uh, on the right track. Have you seen it since he's been back, or is he still in the process? Oh, yeah, you know, it, it was probably a little crisper when he first came back, but, uh, you know, he's he's feeling for it a little bit right now. Um, yeah, he's done a good job for us all year, but, uh, you know, we certainly need him here down the stretch. Kumo did allow you to sort of reset your pull path, though. He did, yeah, and he knew it, you know, when he took the mound tonight, he knew he was going to go deep, and and did kind of what he always does for us. Um, you know, we needed to score a few more runs for him, but uh, kept it right in there. The pitch count was up a little bit early, but again, he manages it and has a few quick innings and really helped uh, get us in a good spot there. But, you know, felt good about going to Vincent. Just, you know, couldn't hold him down right there. 
the pool has a reputation that when you intentionally walk trout, somehow it just elevates him a little bit more. Yeah, no, he's, he's you know one of the premier RBI guys in the league, but you know the best one of the best players in the league happens to hit in front of him, so he gets a lot of chances. <laughs> you know, and, and you know he, he does come through, but you know we probably didn't execute you know quite as well as we'd like to there, but you know, he got the big hit. And here's Mike Zanino. He's struggling to find his breaking stuff early, but I thought he settled in great. I mean, I think in most games, you I mean he may go out there in the eighth inning and maybe compete there, but I, I thought he threw the ball really well, kept us in that ball game. But, uh, you mean, she made a pitch great today. You you know you're in a race, so every time you lose a game, how much of a setback is it? I, yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely a setback, but, you mean, it's one of those things that there's a lot of games left to play, and you can't just sort of dwell on those. So we're going to go back and then hopefully turn around this home stand. The home run to Bandy, it was a slider. We've seen him throw that first pitch. That's becoming bigger for him. That just didn't quite get Yeah, yeah, a little bit higher than we wanted. If it's down, I think we get a ground ball or a weaker fly ball. But, uh, I mean, he's a good hitter. He's a strong guy, and he was able to get extension and lift it out to left. And the other side, Shoemaker, a little different today? Yeah, threw the ball well, was able to mix that sinker and that split to righties. Uh, looked like his command was pretty good. So it's one of those things where you know, he just ran into a guy on a really good day. How about your home run? I mean, earlier it might have been more of an impact on the game. It's, it's, it's crazy how timing's everything, but it's one of those things where uh, it, it's just trying to do anything there to keep something going in the ninth and uh, be able to get a pitch like a draft. Thank you, Mike. Thank you. Worked with Kuma for a long time. I mean, he's been solid all year. Right? Mm-hmm. How big has he kind of been just to keep things together? On I mean, especially the way our, our bullpen's been getting used lately. I mean, this was a huge start for him. We were able to get some guys in there that needed some work. But uh, it's one of those things where, I mean, he, he saved those big guys at the, the back end of that bullpen today. And uh, it, it was huge for him to do that. So 7-10 tonight, the Mariners and Brewers. Star Wars weekend at Safeco Field as well. Should be a fun weekend. It's going to be hot. It's going to be uh, find a shady spot, find some lemonade. I mean, you want to be there this weekend as the Mariners try and gain some ground and take on the Brewers for three games. Coming up, Shannon Dreyer is going to be here. She has a chat with Leonis Martin. Great conversation, of course, two, two games ago. Look very healthy, very spry, running around the outfield, making all kinds of catches, a big factor in that ball game. First time he's been fully healthy in a while. So here's the conversation with Martine. Shannon Dreyer here, actually in the clubhouse today, catching up with Leonis Martin. And uh, just, Leonis, so fun to watch the game yesterday because we saw how you were able to have an impact on defense, on offense, on the bases. And first of all, how close are you feeling with your legs right now to before you got hurt? Seeing the stolen base last night, that told me he feels really good right now if you're going to go for that. Yeah, I feel really good. That was like like two weeks ago. I was thinking I uh, scared a little bit to get a jump to steal base, but I said, I got to do it. Let me, I'm going to try it. That's the only way you're going to, sometimes it's all in your mind, you know, you got to try. I say. Oh, everything's okay. Keep trying, keep trying. I feel, I feel not right now. I feel like a hundred percent. One of the things that Scott Service has talked about is he said that he loves your energy, and that you are always talking in the dugout. When did you kind of decide that? Hey, this is something I can do. I, I can kind of keep the conversation going yeah. during the games. You know, I'm playing Q for a year. I was doing the same thing. I didn't text her for a little bit, but, you know, no way the saying. This is something I'm trying to make the difference right now and year before. That's the confidence they gave me. That's the confidence. 
don't, I don't say anything bad to anybody. I'm just trying to support my team. I try to support my team. And you try to keep the energy, you know, try to give five and 27 hours of ball games. And, you know, I don't fake it. That's, that's my personality. I try to support the guy, you know, try to, sometimes you miss, you miss a good patient. You think a little bit and you have somebody, come on, come on, you can do it. You can do it. It's going to give you a little confidence to say, so let's go. You know, I try to be that guy. And sometimes when I'm in the body box, I had the people from the bench too, Robbie, Seager, the coach staff. You know, that's the kind of thing you need sometimes to, to keep fighting. It's a really tough game, and you need all of the kind of stuff too. You said you were supporting the guys in the batter's box, but actually there was somebody in Oakland, and you kind of got your manager in trouble for a minute. They showed on TV Seth Smith had an at-bat. I think it was the sixth or the seventh inning. Ah, you're laughing. And he got hit, and he went down, and the TV camera showed your manager and your bench coach laughing. And it looked like they were laughing at him getting hit. And they were like, no, we were laughing at Martine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, we, we tried to have fun. You know, we tried to have fun. Uh, sometimes when they, they hit the, <laughs> my fireball, whatever, in the, the foot... I say, hey, get, get up, you're tough, you're a tough guy, get up. And I go, trying to trying or whatever. And, you know, you know, just try to have fun. I never stop talking in the dugout, never. No so mind. if anything, if you ever see a funny reaction in the dugout, it might be because of you. Yeah. <laughs> we got a few guys in the dugout made me laugh, too. Okay. Yeah. Okay, not just you. You're not no, the only guilty one here. The, the pitching coach... You know, the really? Scotty, the, the okay. manager, Boggy, Casey Kendall, he made me laugh. He, this, that guy is so special. Seager, Robbie, Nelly, oh my God. We got, we got a great team. You know, we just trying to have fun. This is something for me, it's mean a lot. You know, like, we got no roof. The rule is play hard and win ball games. Gonna give me a lot of confidence at the time you play. Give me like a big way, man. Who I am, and that's that's gonna think I'm trying to join now. Have fun. This this is a game, really tough game, long season. Just have fun. People have really enjoyed watching you play. Thank you, Leonis. Thank you, thank you. That's one of the reasons I love the people in Seattle. Never. And this is my first year in Seattle. And, you know, you see so much love in the fans. That's me and you know, it's, it's something I really appreciate from the fans here. Now a chance to sit down with Brent Stecker. He follows the Mariners on a daily basis for 710sports.com. We're here with Brent Stecker, who covers the Mariners for 710sports.com, assistant editor. You can find him on Twitter, at Stecker710, right? That is correct. Okay, great. Well, it's great to talk to you. I see you at the ballpark all the time, so this is fun. And it's a, it's a fun time to talk about the Mariners. Obviously, playing great baseball since the All-Star break, best record in the American League. Uh, in your mind, when you watch this team on a daily basis, what has been the big difference for them since the All-Star break? What has made them go? I think the biggest thing, honestly, has been Mike Zanino behind the plate. Uh, the Mariners spent you know, a lot of time with Mike Zanino in the minors, helping him get to a point where they felt comfortable with him offensively. And the big thing was once he came back to the team and he was, you know, giving them a little bit of production offensively, there was a really big bump in starting pitching production. 
because I think he's such an elite pitch framer mm-hmm. that he's saving the starting pitcher's pitches, and they're able to get into the sixth and seventh inning more often. And then you look at the bullpen, and that's had a domino effect. They don't have to pitch as much, and they're pitching much better. He is so much fun to watch. I, when he is catching, I love just really focusing on where he catches and just kind of the, the quick flip of the mid. Because we talk about him and the, the numbers with catcher framing and everything else, but kind of when you watch it, especially the bottom rung of the strike zone, it's just so consistent how often he's able to get that just borderline pitch or even a little bit below as a strike. It's just like his elbow is on a hinge. And <laughs> yes, when he's catching the ball, it's it's already in movement. His his glove is in movement, and an umpire is not going to notice that. Um, you know, and a lot of times an umpire, they're watching it. They're, they say that they're watching the ball going over the plate. But if you watch Mike Zanino and the way that he catches balls, they're not always going over the plate. But that's where his glove goes. They go back towards the plate, and then he gets a strike. And I think the Mike Zanino story is sensational. I mean, here's a guy that everyone is rooting for. He's, he's a great guy to talk to. He's a guy that has succeeded at every level. And then all of a sudden, the struggles happen. He gets sent back down to the minors. And here he is, the triumphant return. It's the home run back. I mean, the whole thing. Now he's helping lead a charge into the postseason. It's just one of those things that makes baseball great when you see a story like this, a comeback story. Absolutely. I don't know if I've seen anything cooler in Safeco Field than that first game that he had back, called up from AAA, first at bat, and just hits a laser into left field for a you know a Mike Zanino-style home run. And you're like, maybe the kid's going to be okay. Um, something interesting about him is that when he came out of college, he was a, an amazing hitter. Like, he mm-hmm. ruled the SEC. Uh, my friend Brian Adamowski, who works for the Everett Herald, uh, is one of the biggest college baseball fanatics you'll ever meet. And when the Mariners drafted him, he was like, Watch this guy. He's such an amazing hitter. He's such an amazing catcher. And that's why it was surprising when he showed up with the Mariners. You know, he kind of came up a little early, and there was the struggles. And it's, you know, that hitter has always been there. And I think the Mariners finally just took time to unlock it again. No, it's been fun to watch. Speaking of fun to watch, what goes through your mind when you watch Edwin Diaz pitch? (laughs) <laughs> just human fire emoji <laughs> that's, he's that's perfect he's only got two pitches but man he only needs two pitches <laughs> and, and i see him and i'm like i'm wondering like why was he ever even a starter i mean he just it just makes so much sense uh, letting him just go out there for an inning and just throw fire and that that slider too i mean it's untouchable and I, you saw it on uh wednesday night like i guess ionetta he he told ionetta like you know just just take control, and all of a sudden he's thrown like five, six sliders in a row, and that was the pitch that he could get over. You know, he's another amazing story, too, and this is another great thing about baseball, I always think. Whenever a team makes a run, when you end up looking at the end of the season, you look at the roster, you can always point to a handful of guys that you didn't expect. I mean, who would have expected this coming into the season from Edwin Diaz? He was a starter (laughs) at double-A to start the season, and now— at least the way he's pitching, he's one of the elite closers in the game. Was, I mean, it's amazing what he has done in such a short amount of time. He wasn't even on the radar. Yeah. I mean, I, I heard, you know, Edwin Diaz is being converted to a reliever. And a month later, I'm watching him strike out major league hitters like it's nothing. Like, and a, and a, at a historic clip, too. 
Yeah, no doubt. And, you know, he is just part of this flame-throwing crew now. They go from a bullpen where Tony Zick was the hardest thrower early on in the season. But other than that, pretty soft-tossing pen. And now all of a sudden, it's just one guy after another. It's just straight gas. And now you have, like the other night, Storen coming out in the fifth inning to put out a fire. He's a guy with 40-plus saves to his credit, a guy that had an ERA just over one two years ago. And the Mariners have the kind of depth where he can pitch in the fifth if needed. It's pretty amazing to see the turnaround there. Yeah, getting Storen was a sneaky good move, and so was getting Caminero. I can't imagine being a team facing the Mariners right now. <laughs> and you face Storen, and you're like, man, he threw pretty hard. And then they bring in Caminero, and you're like, wow, <laughs> I would sure like a break right now. And then you got to face Diaz in the ninth, and it's just, it's just like this ladder of just – just heat yeah no doubt well here they are on the cusp and you know all of a sudden we're looking at just you know, 10 days or so left in the month of august then we're in september baseball when you look at the mariners when you look at this race down the stretch what do you think the key is going to be for the mariners here the rest of the way starting pitching hmm. uh and you look at them right now that's the one thing where you know they've been lucky in anaheim a little bit because they had to go with Cody Martin and they had to go with uh, Ariel Miranda. Mm -hmm. And it worked out one game and it didn't work out another game. And that's not the starting rotation that you, that the Mariners are going to want to take into September. And you hope that Taiwan Walker can come back soon. I know that he just pitched with Tacoma and he, did, he had a good outing, pitched a sixth and a third, I believe. And it was, it was good. Um, and then you need Paxton to get back. Yeah. And the hope is, you know, those two are back and you're fine. But... They might still need to find somebody else. Especially with the way Paxton was throwing, too. I mean, you look at Felix has been – he's been Felix the last few starts, in, in my opinion. He's been he's been really good. Iwakuma's been a rock all season. You put Paxton with those two, you really got a tremendous first three. And then you put LeBlanc at the end of the rotation. He's giving you a chance to win every time. I mean, it's not spectacular looking, but he gives you six. He's giving you a chance to win. And they're finding ways to win when he pitches. But I think you're absolutely right. I think the key is going to be the rotation down the stretch. And, and to me, Paxton, it's just – it's so unfortunate the way he was pitching that he got dinged with the line drive. I mean, talk about just – Bad luck for him. Bad luck for the Mariners. You just hope he can pick it exactly, uh, pick it up exactly where he left off. Yeah, and I would hope that you know the Mariners probably could have thrown him out there this week, and they instead d decided to put him on the DL. And I think that's probably going to end up being the right decision mm -hmm. because he was still uh, dealing with a little bit of swelling, and it's probably something he could have pitched through. But why not get him to 100? percent Why not have him ready for the stretch run in September instead of risking it? You know, maybe you know it might not have been a problem the elbow but a lot of times pitchers compensate yeah and then they end up hurting something else what did you think of the play that kyle seager made for let me before i ask you that what was going through your head with the ball off the bat first of all <laughs> uh, to be honest i was uh, i was listening on the radio so oh, perfect <laughs> i was i was definitely like uh, it was a tense situation and, I mean, Seeger even said so much talking to Shannon Dreyer after the game. He was like, pure panic. He said that <laughs> off the bat, it was pure panic. And watching the play back, I mean, he made that dive, and that's tough enough, but that throw. Yeah. The throw is the biggest part to me, and that was the two-person play because it bounced, and Dejo Lee had to make that catch. And Dejo Lee was not brought to this team to play defense. <laughs> but Dejo Lee has somehow become an amazing defensive first baseman, and – 
there was just so much going into that play. You got to dive, you got to get up, you got to throw it, and Dejo Lee's got to catch it. And, you know, the runner's not the slowest Simmons, runner in the world. He's yeah. a shortstop, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. That, it was an amazing play. Um, I mean, that's the kind of stuff that happens when your team is on a roll. And you look at – it's been a remarkable season in that regard. I mean, saw Martin, that catch early on in the season to win a game, which was incredible. All the walk-offs along the way. I mean, not only has this team been in it, but the entertainment value has been incredibly high as well <laughs> with some of the high wire acts down the stretch. Definitely, and somebody who's been doing that a lot lately is Sean O'Malley. Yeah. The local kid. I mean, getting his name chanted on Ken Griffey Jr. Oh. night. One of the, another one of the cool moments I've seen in Safeco Field. You know, now that you bring that up, I mean, you think about the Zanino moment. I'm right there with you. Uh, that was spectacular. But that, too, I mean, the kid from Washington mm-hmm. on Ken Griffey, and the place was just electric, getting his name chanted, hitting the home run. You're right. There have been some really special and, for people, that are very memorable moments. I mean, those are moments I think we'll always take with us, always remember. Uh, anybody who remembers 1995, <laughs> I think there's been a few moments this year where you're like, okay, that that feels like the refuse to lose team a little bit. I re- it really does. And now you look around, and it, it's really interesting. I, I'm interested to get your take on how you look at the competition down the stretch because the AL East, it's wild because you've got Toronto, Baltimore, and Boston that have kind of been shuffling spots. And I don't know. The way I look at it right now, you almost want one of them to take control and just pound the other two because they're going to play a ton down the stretch, and maybe that's an advantage for the Mariners to get one of those spots with those three playing so often. Yeah, it's either that or they just continue to beat up on each other, and then all of a sudden you look up and the Mariners have just snuck up and taken you know the first wild card spot. But uh, those AL East teams are so good, and it might just be another thing like 95 where you might have to you know, make your run in the West. You might have to hope that Texas stumbles and there's your shot. And that ends up working more to your advantage anyways because then you don't have to win a wild card game. Yeah, there you go. Well, it's going to be a fun, fun stretch run, that's for sure. We'll look for your stuff at Stecker710. That's it, it on course, Twitter. 710sports.com. You're right there as well. This has been fun. Let's do it again. All right. Thanks, Gary. See you later.